Welcome to Teal of Interiors, a holistic approach to interior design. It's 100 episodes, Alicia. <laughs> we need to have like balloons and confetti. We did it. We did it. We did it. We did it. It didn't feel like you. we'd had enough to talk about or, or I mean, I don't know. There's, there's endless conversation you and I can have about interior design and tea. But it just, it's amazing to me that we've done a hundred of them. It's really amazing. A hundred episodes, Alicia. We are at the triple digit. I'm so excited. I don't know what this means for our podcast. All I know is that I really, really enjoy talking to you guys every week, even though it it's a labor of love for me. You know, it's a lot of work putting on this podcast. And I know before each podcast, I'm like, hey, you want to start a podcast? You know, (laughs) (laughs) only way I know I don't think you should start a podcast, but if you want to, that's fine. But it's the only way that we get paid to put this podcast on, you know, and it's it's very minimal. Don't think we're not rich over here from podcasting, but this is just it's just something fun that Alicia and I like to do. And we like to talk about tea and interior design. And I'm so honored that each week you tune in to listen to see what we're going to say, if we're going to be silly or if we're going to be just straightforward, like sometimes we have been. (laughs) But I just thank you so much for joining us. And if you're new to the show because someone else told you to check us out, I hope we don't disappoint. And just go ahead and share this with a friend. Go into our show notes. There's a link there where you can leave us a voice message. Mm-hmm. Amen. We love those. Those are so yeah. much fun. Yeah. Yeah. So we are recording these ahead of time. And so I might be a little delayed adding some of your voice messages to our podcast. And I'm going to be doing that. So if you leave us messages, I will add them where they fit into our podcast. So let your voice be heard. We'd like to hear from you, like actually hear your voices. We love the emails and the text messages. I love the text messages. Oh my gosh, I really love those. And so thank you again. Our email is hello at com. Alicia is still doing her workshop. We haven't talked about that in a while, but that's still happening. We are just gathering the people together because it is a small group. You know, it's a lot to do so it is a small group but if you've missed that then you can email us and we'll see how we can get you in there so as you know i'm (laughs) and i'm alicia and welcome to our 100th episode it's a party y'all party indeed is partying she's been partying since she woke up she's excited i'm excited but (laughs) but you might be like, you know what? I was excited for the 100th episode and this is what she's going to talk to us about. Yes. Today I'm talking to you guys about embracing minimalism. <laughs> Nothing wrong because, with that. Because it's a wonderful so, topic. Yes, because let me tell you, we need to do less in our lives. Not only do we need to do less in our lives, we need to do less in our homes. 
And we need to do it in such a way that it's at a high level. You know, it's fine to have a bunch of stuff, but if it means nothing, it does nothing, then it, it's just clutter. So, before we get to that girl, you know I need to know for the hundredth time, what you sipping on? I have a chamomile tea. My tummy is a little weird today, and so I am drinking chamomile because it always settles my stomach. And there's something very warming about chamomile. Do, do you like it or not so much? Child, I love chamomile. I use it a lot to go to sleep. It's a wind down. So, yes. I really do love chamomile. There's a warmth about chamomile. Mm. I don't know how to explain it, but it feels very warm and comforting. It does. What are you sipping on? So I am sipping on peanut butter chocolate hojica powder. Mm-hmm. Oh. Now let me make sure I said that right. Hold on. Hojija. Hojija. No. <laughs> no. Hojica. That's what we're going with. Hojicha. Oh, That's cool. Hojicha. Hojicha. Okay. All right. So let's do this again. I am having peanut butter chocolate hojicha powder. Yes. Okay. I so, love it. I love it. So I know you're probably like, what is hojicha? So hojicha powder is roasted green tea. Prepared exactly the same way as matcha and makes a deliciously decadent hot and iced latte. But that's not the best part. This treat is totally nut free. So if you have nut allergies and you're like, wait, she just said peanut butter. It's okay. There is no peanut butter in the making of Mm. this tea. It's just a natural peanut butter flavor. Mm. So I don't know. Is that the same? I'm Mm -mm. not sure. But you don't have to have hojicha with the peanut butter chocolate flavoring, right? You can have it with some other kind of flavors. You can have the hojicha just by itself. But this one has cane sugar, hojicha powder, cocoa powder, and natural peanut butter flavoring. It's dark and roasty with a sweet combo of peanut butter and chocolate. It's really good. I mean, I like matcha, but matcha has like an aftertaste to me. A little bitter, a little bitter. Yeah, even when you sweeten it, it's like got this weird thing. But I feel this one has a different flavor to me. It's delicious. Something different for our 100th episode. Sounds good. I love it. So, so what are we talking about today? Wait, we got to do my 100th randomness. Uh-oh, no. uh-oh. I forgot. So I know recently that there's been the fires happening in Maui. And so... We are praying for Maui's recovery. Yeah. What a beautiful place in the world to go. I am sad, deeply sad because I've been there and I know that it's just pure paradise. But it's still pure paradise. It's it's not over. It's still the same amazing, wonderful, beautiful Maui. We just have to know that, you know, natural disasters happen, right? Oh so sad (laughs) yeah it is sad but yes this shall pass i'm praying for all the school children and the families and just everyone affected but this randomness has to do with hawaii so it's time for d's randomness what you got for us d so alicia did you know that 
Japanese visitors to Hawaii are the industry's top foreign customers spending nearly $2 billion per year. Wow. That's amazing. That's interesting. Yeah. Hawaii, Japan, and the United States, they have a lot of history between them. Today, we are talking about embracing minimalism. And you know, Alicia, it's not that I use the minimalist principles. Well, I guess you could say I do a little bit. You know, I've read a lot of books about minimalism and I have done a lot of decluttering for many people, myself included. And I'm constantly always pruning things in my life because I really just want to get back to who I am, right? Mm -hmm. The Mm -hmm. essence of who I am. And the essence of who I am is not accumulated items. It's not accumulated relationships. It's not accumulated anything. It's just the love that I am, right? Yes. And so I have been thinking about this a lot lately. And so I thought I'd talk to our listeners about this today. So over the years, interior design, it's evolved. And we've witnessed so many trends come and go, right, Alicia? However, minimalism, it's managed to stand the test of time. It's something that has been embraced by, I want to say, people with more means, right? So we saw like back in the eras when there were kings and queens, you know, their homes were very opulent and filled with so much gold and gilding and ornamentation and everything was about showing off their wealth and so we've moved to a time where we've seen people who actually have wealth pare down right Mm -hmm. they're actually not exploiting their wealth within their homes you know a lot of their homes are very minimal but filled with beautiful objects right things that make sense they don't have a lot of visual clutter They don't have a lot of clutter. If they have a collection, it's contained. You know, everything has its place and there's proper order. And, you know, some people tell me, well, they have the means to, you know, um, maintain their home. But just because you're not wealthy does not mean you can't maintain your own castle, right? Your own mansion that you live in, you know, even if it's not mansion by definition, you could still think of it that way. You can make the time and you could also pay someone a minimal amount to also care for your home if you feel that it's too much of a daunting task or whatever. I want to explore what makes minimalism so appealing to many people, to homeowners and designers, and how we can transform our living spaces. Okay. I think that's awesome. I'd like to think about it myself because... I do love the way it looks. I don't know that I, I feel like I want to embrace it, but I know that for me, it may be a hybrid. (laughs) So, but it's awesome. I'd love to live in a space like that. I don't know how successful I'd be at creating it, but let's talk about it. Yeah. So I want to say to everyone, first of all, that, you know, the real definition of minimalism is really like utilitarian, like strip it down to living without with as little as possible and really getting to know yourself and 
you know, not relying on the wonders of the world. However, that's not my definition of minimalism. So we're going to talk about my definition of minimalism and you can adapt it to your own way of life that makes you comfortable. You don't have to have an austere space. You don't have to live utilitarian, you know, with just one table that you could be used for different things, you know, like, okay, now it's your desk. Okay, now it's your eating table. Okay, now it's your sewing table. You don't have to live that way. I'm not saying have three pieces of furniture. What I am saying is that minimalism for me is all about simplicity, functionality, because I'm a designer. So everything needs to be functional, make sense, have more than one purpose. I don't place things just because I have everything has a purpose for me. And so even if I'm going to put something that has an ornamentational value and aesthetic appeal, it's still going to have a function. It's still going to have a reason that it's there. So eliminating the unnecessary clutter is so important for me. And it's about creating spaces that are clean, visually appealing, Minimalist design, it focuses on essential elements, neutral colors, although you don't have to. You know, you can have those pops of colors if you like. Or for some people, neutral colors are bold colors. And I feel that that's fine. Just stick with a minimal amount. So if you love pink, for example, sure, you know, paint your walls pink if you like. Or vary the shades of it and do a monochromatic pink, whatever. It's fine. But my thing is more of a neutral color, you know, clean lines, allowing space for your objects to breathe and for your occupants to feel a sense of calm. So that way, you know, when you walk into a space, you're just not busy looking at everything, but instead you're busy appreciating everything. Like, wow, this is so beautifully put together. How did you do this? It feels so cozy and warm here. So okay. some of the key characteristics of a minimalist interior, Alicia, are, like I said, neutral color palette, such as whites, grays, earth tones are really soothing. Furniture and your decor, they're kept to a minimum. So each piece is chosen for its functionality as well as its aesthetic value. A few episodes ago, we were talking about wood fluting. Those are nice details to have on some of your pieces, although there might be clean lines. You know, you can have these details that make your items look more aesthetically pleasing, as well as having open space with ample natural lighting. Alicia and I talk about this a lot. These are essential components of minimalist design. Feeling more one with nature. So I have some questions about this because I personally would love to incorporate more of a minimalist aesthetic in my home. Mm -hmm. If some of our listeners are also considering that, this may be a question or two that they may want to, to explore. So... Let's say I have a lot of large furniture in my house mm-hmm. and I want to pare it down a bit. From a minimalistic perspective, how would I go about eliminating some of the larger pieces of furniture to create this aesthetic, a minimalist aesthetic? Or is that necessary because large pieces, pieces of furniture take up more visual space than smaller pieces? 
So if I'm a person without any knowledge or any understanding of how to execute a minimalist aesthetic or minimalist design space, what would you, as our resident expert, suggest? So Alicia, first thing I want to suggest is I know you love your large scale pieces of furniture. And for me, there's nothing wrong with that, especially if they're functional and they're multifunctional. What I would say if you're looking to open up the space and have that feeling of openness and cleanliness and minimalistness, <laughs> then I would say reconsider how the proportions and the scale of these pieces fit in each room. Is there a room that you have that maybe you have a larger scale piece in that could be moved into another room that might be larger and that scale might be a better proportion to that room? So that way you can move your furniture around in order to lighten up some spaces, meanwhile filling up gaps in other areas of your home. That's one thing to think about. Or are your pieces just so large that, like you said, they're taking up not only visual space, but actually floor space? And you might want to create different zones in your rooms. Let's say for your living room, for example, you want to have a few zones. Your seating slash television viewing area around your fireplace. So you create that. But then maybe you want a moment to yourself in like a corner. That's away from the television where you're not going to be distracted. So that way you can just sit quietly and read a book. Although you have other places to read books in your home. What if, you know, you just want to gravitate toward this corner? I know for me, I can feel different energies throughout my house. So take a walk around your home and feel it. <laughs> I know that sounds weird. But what are you most attracted to? What is drawing you to say, hey, have a moment here with me? Or, hey, I want to be free and really feeling the vibrations that you've created throughout your home. And if you can't feel anything, it's a good time to cleanse your home, you know, open up all the windows, let some fresh air, in, you know, maybe burn an incense, maybe burn a candle, some sage, maybe clap to break up some of the energies that might be stagnant throughout your home and then take a walk around, maybe say a little prayer so that you can connect because what you're really doing is connecting with yourself, but through your home. And so... That's something that I want to recommend to you if you feel like, well, how do I get started? Getting started is really all about your feeling and how you want to use your home and how you can better allow your home to serve your needs and to serve you as an individual. Does that Would help? You say, yeah, it does help. Thank you. Would you say that minimalism is like pretty much everyone's a candidate for it? Yes, we should all be candidates for minimalism. But not in the traditional minimalist sense, like, okay, get rid of everything, you know? For me, it's just like, remove items from your life that don't speak to you. So if you have objects in your home that do nothing for you, they're just there to take up space. You don't need things to take up space. Because by using these things as placeholders to take up space... Believe it or not, they're taking up space in other areas of your life without you even realizing it. Once you start to let go of things that are unnecessary in your home, you will find that you're going to bring more experiences to you that you've always wanted to have. So you're actually opening yourself up. You're actually telling yourself that it's okay to have new 
and better experiences. So lighten up your load by letting go of some of the things that you don't love, need, or want that have no use for your life, that are broken, that you really know you don't have time to fix, that you really know you have no interest in sitting down fixing. Is there a hobby that you started that you don't want to give up because you just don't like starting things and not finishing? Although deep down inside, when you talk to yourself about it, you know that you're not going to get to it. It's okay. Release that for yourself. Forgive yourself and let it go. Start with forgiving yourself first and then figuring out how you can use these items to enrich someone else's life. Was there someone that said to you, oh, you know, you know, I run a center and it would be really great if somebody would donate X, Y and Z because we're trying to help people who are moving into their first, you know, property and can't afford furniture. Maybe there's a way you can help someone out because you have so much excess that you don't love, need, or want, aka clutter. There's a way for you to give it to someone else and make someone else's life better because when you do that, you're actually making your life better. You're actually creating space for yourself without even realizing it. The things you do for other people really help you. And so... Forgiveness is one thing I'd say. It's okay to let go. It's okay to let go of ideas. It's okay to let go of feelings. It's okay to let go of things you saw that people say you should do. It's okay to let go of some of the things that I'm saying you should do. (laughs) Be easy and, you know, get to know yourself. For me, that's what minimalism is. It's really like talking to yourself like, am I following trends? Is this something that I really wanted or is this something I saw on Pinterest I thought was nice and I said, oh, everyone's doing it. So let me try it for my home. What is the true motivation behind the objects that you have in your home? And then once you're done with that, consider adding some natural elements to your home like plants and organic textures to add warmth and depth to your space to give it that touch of nature and that special feeling of aliveness. I knew it one point we had a an episode on um bringing the outdoors in and the minimalist aesthetic or design is it imperative that we bring plant life or organic textures into the space to maybe give it a sense of warmth because in my experience i think some people are probably a little worried about a minimalist environment because it may feel a little cold so What are ways, other than plant material, if you agree or disagree with that, that one could bring in a sense of warmth? Oh, I love that question, Alicia. So by using colors other than whites and grays, (laughs) if you don't want your home to feel cold, stay away from gray and whites. Use warmer tones such as off-whites, such as earth tones. Use soft colors around your home. Because that will create your space to be more inviting and feel more welcoming and warm to you. Also, you need to use blankets, right? It's that in-between season where our heat is not on or AC or whatever the case is. And so you have these different temperatures you're dealing with. Getting a blanket, how about something made of like a nice boucle or something that's squishy and soft and adds a textural element instead of just like a smooth blanket or even just like a flat weave because sometimes 
that doesn't feel cozy. It does its job, but it might not feel cozy. So maybe something that looks minky or like a mink, <laughs> something that looks like fur. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. not fur. It's something nice and nubby, but that's cozy. You know, mm-hmm. think about the texture of it. So that way you can add these layers. Use warm colors of wood in your home. Don't go with the dark colors. Go with the warmer wood tones in your home. This will help it to not feel so cold, even though you don't have a lot. When it comes to the area rugs on your floor, get something fluffy. Get something with some texture, something that you would love to put your feet on because we're not wearing shoes in our house, right? Or we're wearing slippers. Get comfy looking slippers do what makes you feel happy what makes your heart sing if putting on slippers that look like little teddy bears a big old bear sticking your foot inside of it and it has claws or whatever it makes you feel comfy and cozy do it go to those things that make you feel cozy go to those things that make you feel like a child again if that's what makes you happy this is your house. This is your expression of love for yourself when you're at home mm. you and your family. Allow everyone to have space for themselves to use the items that make their hearts sing. That they need, but also make their hearts sing. So that's mm-hmm. how you're going to balance it and create that warmth through your home. You need a robe for outside of the, the shower or if you want to be fabulous like Alicia when you get home and just throw on a robe. Make sure that robe is nice and soft. It's made out of a material that's so cozy and comfy. So when you see it hung, it's adding that soft element against the wall. And it's not feeling all harsh. So really, when it comes to textures of the soft items that you need in your home, make them really cozy looking. Use drapery over blinds. Use area rugs that are nice and cozy feeling underfoot. Use those warm colors. Stay away from the harsh, stark tones of black and white or white and gray. Because those feel very sterile. And just go toward the earth tones and the warm tones. And yes, use some plants, of course, and use some organic elements throughout your house and within your artwork. Okay. Mm-hmm. I love it. I love it. I love it. You've given us awesome advice and wonderful tips. As I said, you're like our resident guru and, and expert when it comes to minimalist aesthetics and interior design. I always appreciate every time you share with us because I utilize many of those concepts. I'm not a minimalist in my design. I'm not a maximalist, but I definitely like to revisit once we've had one of those conversations. And I really like to pare down. It changes the energy in my home for the better. And I like to kind of cull through, pare down, eliminate, remove. And I'm always in a constant state of doing that. I don't need to do it every day, of course. But It needs to be done on a regular basis. I I spend most of the time doing it in my closet because of you. I think you're always in a constant state of editing your closet. Mm -hmm. And I think it's it's a good practice if you could at least start there. It will translate into other areas in the home. I'm gonna start utilizing some of these principles in my living room area. Although I don't have a lot in the living room, I notice I don't use the living room that often. I probably sit in the living room at least once or twice a week. But I think the living room 
in my home could be better utilized, but I don't want it to be a place where you flop either. So I think I'm going to remove. I'm going to edit some of the things in there. I don't know if it's going to work, but I'll keep you posted. (laughs) Excellent. Yeah, I encourage everyone, take small steps. Start with an area that you're like, you know, I've been meaning to get to there and set a timer for 20 minutes and see how you feel after 20 minutes. You know, give yourself a five minute break, grab some water or whatever, and then see if you are willing to do 20 minutes more. So I Mm -hmm. always say just start small in Mm -hmm. one area. You don't have to do the whole house in one shot. I'm not saying just go and start attacking your house. No, because that's kind of like you're going and you're attacking yourself. Right. Perfection, perfection. No, start with one thing at a time. One thing, even if it's just opening the windows to recycle the air that's in your house. That one thing will make you feel accomplished and it'll push you to do the next step, which is maybe clearing out that drawer you always wanted to clear. I just want you to know that by doing this, you're going to not only eliminate some of the clutter and excess that you have in your life, but you're also going to allow your mind to focus on what truly matters. It really improves your stress levels, your concentration, your sense of peace within yourself and tranquility, and also enhances your overall well-being. So love it. Thank you, everyone, for joining us for our 100th episode. I hope this episode was entertaining and informative. Let us know what you think. Let us know how you feel about us having our 100th episode. Guys, in podcasting, this is a big deal. Most people do not make it past six episodes. We have made a hundred episodes for you guys. And we are going to make perhaps a hundred more. So stick around, share, send us voice messages, check out the show notes for the links. And until next week, I love you guys so much for listening. Yes. Keep sipping. Keep sipping. Thanks for listening. If you like our show, please leave a five-star rating. We'll see you next week. Nice job, ladies. Carry on.